Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to Mind Your Popcorn. I am one of your two hosts, Ricky Uniac. I'm Chuck Clark. Chuck, how's it been? It's been like uh what, four or five days since our last uh last episode? It's been six days, right? We recorded uh, on Thursday night. Oh my goodness, yeah, it has been six days. How have uh, how have you fared in the dodging of not only Spider-Man spoilers, but also Hawkeye spoilers? Very good. Um, Spider-Man spoilers have been pretty easy to avoid. Most of the people I follow are very good about spoil. No one, you know what I mean? I see everyone who's seen it early that I that I follow that like drop reviews always drop non-spoiler reviews. And they're obviously like YouTube videos, so I can't like just be like, even if they were a spoiler, I'd have to click on it and then watch it and somehow sit through the advertisement that's going to play in the beginning of the video. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's quite an effort to get that spoiler when you're on that level. Um, And then Hawkeye was easy because I worked through the night. I woke up and watched the episode. And so So what time did you get to watching it? So I got home from work around 6.45 a.m. and I watched it immediately. So I watched it like 7 a.m. hour. Oh, we probably watched it at the same exact time because that was the first thing I did when I woke up. I was like, I'm looking at my phone. I'm just turning this thing on. Um, Well, so we are going to be reviewing Hawkeye episode five today. Um, I know we had mentioned last week that we were going to try to watch The Power of Dog um, on Netflix. We just didn't get to it. Um, so we're just going to do Hawkeye today. Maybe Power of the Dog will pop up later this month, something like that. So we can always go back to that. So, yeah, um, without further ado, do you want to just want to dive right into this? You want to give the do you want to do a, a, a non-spoiler quick review first? Or you just want to go straight to spoilers. We might as well just go. I mean, if you're we're five episodes into the show yeah. at this point, it's like, what are you doing? If well, yeah. who's like, oh, uh, let me jump in at episode five. Let me see what's going on here first really quick. Let me see what all the fuss is about. It's like, OK, you're asking to be spoiled at that point. But I will still give the signal anyways. That was the so, sound of arrows in between that, if you couldn't hear it. Oh, oh that's good. <laughs> I like how it's something different now every episode. Keeping it fresh. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I, well, we appreciate the effort. Um, So, episode five, the penultimate episode. Um, A lot to unpack here, so I'm just going to kind of – I took some notes. I'm just going to sort of walk through this. You pause me anytime you want to talk about something. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do the same. So – Episode five starts off. Um, we get a flashback sequence to 2018. So is this the third three out of the first five episodes all started with flashback sequences? So we should be used to this by now because you had the first one was Kate's episode right. three was Maya's. Right. And, and now episode, now episode five, five is Elena's. The one um, thing I will say. Well, two things. One, I don't really count that first one as a flashback because it's like this is Kate Bishop's story. So we're just like introduced. I guess, to Kate. You know what I mean? It is the kind scene of scene that we have. So how could you flash back to something? That's the first right. thing you're seeing. I, OK, you're right. Um, but and then the second thing was I. So the MCU actual years timeline is I is still a little confusing. So when it show 2018, 
didn't quite click with me what was about to happen. You know, I I can't remember if 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 I felt the same way or not. I, obviously, we knew I knew we were getting Elena because you could tell we're like somewhere in like northern Russia or something. They don't tell us exactly where we're at, but it's just there's just snow all over the place. So when you see that much snow, I'm just I don't know about you. I'm just like, oh yeah, Russia, gotta be. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we get this uh, this opening scene where it's Elena and so, uh, who we can assume is another widow. Um, they are breaking into this very, very nice house. Um, they're kind of making their way around. They run into this other woman who, um, they immediately sort of try and wrestle to the ground. Uh, and what's happening here is they believe this woman is a widow still under, um, the control of, I can't remember his name. Who's the dude from black widow, the bad guy. Oh, um, I can't remember his name either. I'll look it up really quick. Yeah, whoever he is, uh, it's like begins with an S, I think. Sturkovsky? No, I don't know. I'm just saying like hockey names at this point. Um, But (laughs) Bronsky! They they give this woman the antidote, this woman whose house they broke into. Um, It turns out she's actually not still under mind control. Um, by by the head of the Black Widows, and they sort of get to talking. So it's 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 these three. I guess you can call them ex Black Widows sitting in this very very nice house having a conversation. Uh, this woman, I think her name is I think her name was Anna. I think I think they mentioned her name being Anna, the one who they were trying to give the antidote to. Her name is Annie, not Annie. Anything significant as far as I know, but you never know. Right. And the villain's name from Black Widow, Dreykov. Dreykov, yes. How could I forget? Um, so Yelena th- th- and this other woman are talking to Annie in the living room. Annie asks Yelena, you know, how's your sister? And again, at this point, it's 2018. So Yelena said, um, you know, good. Yelena gets up to go to the bathroom. And in quite possibly one of the coolest scenes I've seen out of the MCU in recent memory, she goes to turn on the faucet. And just as her hand's about to go under the faucet, she um, gets dusted, but then almost immediately gets brought back. And then the surroundings start to change. And for the first time, we get our perspective of somebody who was dusted in the blip. Well, second, Tiana Paris in um, WandaVision. But, okay, I should have rephrased it. Right, I should have rephrased it. It was the, the first time we've gotten the perspective from somebody who got dusted and then brought back in the same sequence. Yes, and it looked amazing. I'm not going to lie. When the color started changing, I was just like, I, it was an amazing sh- shot to me because you're feeling the same thing that Yelena is. You, oh, yeah. You see the room changing and you're like, what's going on? And that's exactly what's going through Yelena's mind at the same time. So I guess we can sort of call it confirmation, but we do get I mean, we we got it with Tiana Paris, too. But further confirmation that the people who were, quote unquote, dusted or blipped, whatever you want to call it, it felt like an instant for them almost or not right. not very much time um, yeah. because Yelena comes back out of the bathroom. And again, the surroundings have all changed. Um, she's still in the same place she was when she got dusted, but the home's a little bit different. 
And then she goes back out into the room and she sees a little child and, a, and an older man. And they're like, who are you? Who are you? And then it's it ends up being Annie's family. They're still living in that house. Thank but God. Annie, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Annie's like, oh, my God, Yelena, you're back. Um, you know, she, she sits Yelena down. They have this conversation. Yelena's first instinct is I have to find Natasha. I have to let her know um, that I'm OK. And for those of you that you know have not been living under a rock um you know that nat's gone at this point so nat is nat is dead unfortunately so that's our opening scene um this show's done a really really good job good job with their openings in my opinion i i I, it's this has been the best one so far i think i will it rivals the first episode for me yeah, um, I don't know. I was like that one that, like I said, that one shot just blew me away. So like, I probably give props to this one, but it was just amazing. Like watching Yelena's face and she's like going through all this stuff. It's just like awesome. Ugh. It was instantly put you back where back in that in her shoes. You know what I yeah. mean? So that was amazing. I, I think they did a really, really good job, too, of um, making that scene feel like an extension of the Black Widow movie. Yeah. Like, I, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Almost like It almost felt like a post-credit scene in, in some ways. But um, from there, we go back to Kate. Um, so our first time seeing Kate this episode, she's returning back to her mom's place. She returns back to her mom's place. Her face is all cut up. Her mom's immediately concerned. Um, her mom's like, does, does this have anything to do with Clint? And Kate's like, no, you'll be happy to know that he actually protected me. And then he told me to leave him alone and that he wants me out of this. Um, and so they end up having this conversation, kind of a, a, you know, a nice like mother daughter conversation about like where Kate's going in life. And there's she you can tell that Kate's a little uncertain about like where her path's going and her mom is being motherly and says like, don't worry, like you're going to end up where, where you're meant to end up and all that stuff. Kate finally, in my opinion, brings up what they found on Jack, the evidence that they found on Jack being the CEO of Sloan limited, the company that's laundering money for the tracksuits. And all she says is mom, you have to promise me you'll look into this. Then her mom basically, and with like no reaction at all says like, okay, I will. Which, for me, first red flag of the episode. I was like, that's if I was hearing that news for the first time, I might be a little bit more concerned. But we'll, you know, we'll cover that later on. Well, and there's no way that uh, just thinking it out. Imagine you're a woman whose husband, you're a widow. Just, you're, just forget woman. Forget you're a per- person and you own a security firm. You have this giant network to be able to search anybody. You start dating someone. Don't tell me you're not putting your their name in that database. Don't tell me you're not putting their name your that name in that database. Don't tell me you're not. You're lying. You're lying. You know what? I never thought about that because I can guarantee you most people our age, so we're we're millennials, um, and even the generation below us, when you meet somebody new, you're looking them up on Facebook. You're looking them up on Twitter and Instagram. You're Facebook. telling me you're right. I, I was told I was an old man because I'm only friends with someone on Facebook and don't have an Instagram. So no, I oh, you don't have an Instagram. That's right. Did you used to? Nope, never did. 
Oh, okay. Ricky, every time I join a social media app, it dies in four years. So, okay. Well, please. Well, I thought this. How long have you been on Twitter? I joined Twitter in 2012. Oh, okay. So Trump got elected in 2016. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, you might be right. Stay off of all my favorite apps, please. Um, but now, but now, I don't know. Twitter's come back around now. I mean, where else would I see like? Annie Agar or all the other sport, funny sports videos I watch, Mr. Go 30, uh, Josiah Johnson, like all these guys, just hilarious. Twitter's the goat, in my opinion. I it's I cannot believe that app's free. I know that's become a meme on that app that everyone can't believe that and no one can believe that it's free. <laughs> but really, I mean, you're getting top tier content day in and day out on that app. Um and by the way, if you're on Twitter, why don't you go ahead and follow us at Mind Popcorn, where we put out top tier content um, from time to time. Yep. So moving on from that conversation, um, we go to Kazi and Maya. Uh, Kazi is sort of patching up Maya's wounds. Um, sort of a question that I had from the previous episode was like, did Kate actually shoot Maya with that arrow? And then you can tell in this a scene that, yeah, she's got a big old wound kind of right next to like her shoulder there, like right below her shoulder um, that Kazi's sort of patching up. And this is a very quick scene. Basically, what we get out of this is Kazi kind of um, forwards Clint's message from episode four to Maya saying, hey, you're going to get yourself hurt or you're going to get yourself killed. Basically, the resolution here is Kazi agrees to help Maya up until the Ronin is dead. So he's like, I'm going to help up until this point, And then we got to stop, which wasn't that what Clint was telling him to prevent. And like in that conversation in the car, like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like you're stopping anything. There was no meat in well, the middle. There. Basically he gave in to Maya. Well, that kind of leads up to what we mm-hmm. get revealed later as well. Yes. And so from here we go to, I think undoubtedly the best scene in this episode um kate returns back to her apartment which if you remember was burned for you know not burned down but there was an apartment fire and everything's pretty much it's all crispy in there um she returns there and she hears somebody also in her apartment after she enters and it's none other than yelena and in a really nice cute little uh little moment she throws a bottle of sriracha at yelena and like Yadier Molina, she catches that thing right in front of her face and she, you know, uh, says like, hi, and lets her know that she just made macaroni and cheese. And great she wants banter. to sit down. Great banter, yeah. great humor in this in this in the first part of this scene when she pulls up. She's like, you only have one fork. And she's like, I'm one person. I'm not gonna lie. I felt that. <laughs> I felt Haley Steinfeld in that moment because there was a time not that long ago when I was living in West Virginia where I was like. What do you mean regular plates? I just have paper plates. Why would I? That's yeah. Anyone who's ever lived alone knows exactly what that's like. Especially like not having a dishwasher. Oh, buying real plates. F that. Yeah. Now when I when I lived by myself in Akron, I was the same exact way. I did not have a dishwasher. No. Did I? I don't remember if I had a dishwasher or not. I never used it. I was a paper plates person myself. Um, and just enough utensils for one person. My apartment wasn't big enough to have company. I'm like, nobody's coming over here. I'm not hosting a Thanksgiving anytime soon. So like, I don't, you know, I just see stuff for myself. So not like the old three, two, three, right? Let me tell you something. (laughs) 
Those no were milk the, days. No group taco Wednesdays over there. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> if, if, if only we could go back. So Kate decides to sit down with Yelena. Yelena's made this delicious pot of uh, boxed macaroni and cheese, which Kate proclaims as the most delicious thing ever. And right before the conversation is about to get juicy, we actually snap away for a quick second. And we see Clint walking up through some apartment building, and he buzzes his apartment building. Um, somebody answers the buzzer, lets him in, and he gets up to the door. And it ends up being our friend Grills, who is the firefighter from episode two, who uh, stole the Ronin suit from Kate's apartment. And then who Clint then had to fight uh, trial by combat in the LARPing, um, in the LARPing scene. So... Just want to mention my prediction of him coming back into play is, you know, I I'm giving myself some credit there. Some more credit coming later in the episode, too. Oh, yeah, we can get to that. It's all right. <laughs> um, so it's very brief. Basically, girls lets him in the place and then we cut right back um, to the meat and bones part of Yelena and Kate's conversation at Kate's apartment. So, um, listen, Florence Pugh is just brilliant in 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 her own right i did not expect to enjoy their first interaction this much um as soon as she walked in the apartment i was like this is what i'm here for this is (laughs) i was like park it sit it can we can can the next hawkeye series just be these two yeah is that a possibility that's my in fact i i don't know why i haven't tweeted that at kevin feige yet probably because he doesn't (laughs) care but if, yeah, I, if, if this message can get out there, let's do it. You know, I can't imagine Kevin Feige spending much time scrolling through Twitter these days. Um, but maybe we'll get lucky and he'll just end up tuning into one of these episodes. So, Kevin, if you're listening, um, our DMs are open. We have Kevin, ID. we love <laughs> you. I hope he gets that reference. I really do. So... Kicking off this conversation, um, Yelena mentions it's her her first time um, in New York City. And throughout the beginning of this conversation, every time Yelena basically starts a sentence or is talking to Kate, she makes it a point to say Kate Bishop. Um, So she's saying her first and last name. And then Kate's like, are you saying my full name just to, you know, basically, you know, let me know that you know it. And she's like, well, I know a lot about you. And then she proceeds to read off all these like crazy facts about Kate. She's like, your mother is Eleanor um, Bishop. Uh, your your father is deceased. Very sad. Um, tells her like her GPA uh, in, 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 in college and, and all this stuff. And so Kate kind of gets down to the bottom and she's like, listen, are you here to talk to Clint? Is that why you're here? And Yelena's like, no, 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 no. I am here to kill him. And this was the shifting moment of this conversation. It kind of went from like funny and lighthearted to a little bit more serious now. So now Kate can't wrap her head around why somebody would want to kill Clint Barton, because remember, in Kate's eyes, that that's her hero. Um, And we kind of see it even from the previous episode where she found out everything about Ronan. She still believes that he, you know, it definitely isn't deserving of being killed. So you kind of get this really, really nice banter. And, and Kate ends up saying, like, listen, you can't kill him. He's an Avenger. And Yelena immediately is like, what does that word mean? Like, 
why does that word hold so much power? Um, she has a really, really great line of like, we are not, I, I'm not going to be able to do this a hundred percent or word for word. She's like, we are not defined by how we're perceived. We're defined by our actions. Basically I'm, that isn't word for word, but that's basically what she was saying. I loved every single thing that came out of Yelena's mouth in oh, this conversation. It's so good. You, you, very rarely, I think, do you get to meet two sides of um, or two different people who are on uh, opposing sides in a in a movie or a show where you equally understand both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were they were really able to pull that off. Now. I say that my first question or the first question that popped in my head after this scene was. What was Yelena told? Obviously, it was, she wasn't told the truth. Well, remember at the post credit scene of Black Widow, Valentina, Julia Jer- Louise Dreyfus yeah. shows up and says, what? How would you like to hunt the man who killed your sister? So I, I guess I would have assumed that like she would have needed some more detail than just that to be like, OK, I'm going to go kill this guy. So like I have to imagine there's some more elaborate lie that she was told, whether it was by V or you know, somebody else who we can, you know, we'll, we'll mention later on in this episode to get her to be like, okay, this guy needs to die. I would have a hard time imagining that just that conversation in the post credit of black widow was enough for her, for her to be like, yep. Okay. I'll do it. But who knows? I mean, she, either way, she's being manipulated um, because, you know, Val brings this up as she's standing over her sister's tombstone. Yeah. So hopefully I I I hope I get some some answer to that question um in in the finale but um at this point we go back to Clint um at Grills's apartment basically <laughs> Grills lets him or Clint mentions that he's going to try and find a hotel and Grills is like no 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 like you can have the couch hell you can have my bed. Um and and Clint's like no nah, the couch will do just fine. Um Grills mentions, he's like, hey, those two suits that Kay got you guys are here. Do you want to see them? Clint's like, nah, not right now. Immediately passes out on the couch. Now we go back to Kate's mom's place. So I I guess we can assume it's the next day. Mm -hmm. I think. We go back to Kate's mom's place. She's entering the house and as she's well, the 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 penthouse, if you want to call it. And as she's entering the home, um, she sees that there are two police officers there arresting Jack and her mom's just sort of standing there. She goes over to hug her mom. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And. Jack, in like a very, very confident sort of tone it's basically like, I must have been framed. Like, you know, I don't blame you for calling the police. I would have done the exact same thing. Like, you know, surely this is a big misunderstanding. I'll I'll be out of here in time for the holiday party. Um, What were your immediate thoughts after that? I was surprised. I was like, oh, that is uh, not what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, well, but at the same time, I was kind of like, you probably will get out of it, though, and we'll see how that works out or whatever. But I'm like, uh, we'll see. But Eleanor Bishop, you know, 
obviously her mom calling actually her doing that whatever but then again i was also like but i'm still sus on her mom so we'll see if this is a setup yeah um i didn't know what that was all about um and i just made a note uh, that i want to talk about that at the very very end um so after jack gets arrested we go back to clint we're not with clint again and he's actually walking um to i guess you can call this some sort of memorial um it's like the 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 attack or the 2012 attack memorial there's like this big plaque on a wall and it says here is where the avengers met for the first time um that day in 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 2012 and it lists all the avengers names the original group yeah it's got that's where the circle shot happened a few blocks from the a few blocks from the shawarma place okay um so in my opinion, this was my second favorite scene in this episode. Um, Clint goes up to this little memorial, um, takes out his hearing aid, and begins to, I'm doing air quotes here, talk to Nat. Um, basically, um, he says, like, you know, I miss you. Like, I, I really need to talk to you right now. You were the bravest. You always knew what to do. Um, and it's very emotional. Um and it's crazy because I can't think is is Natasha Romanov the greatest character ever to not actually appear in the show? Because, <laughs> like, I mean, she is a big part of this show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, no doubt. Um, yeah. The ghost of Black Widow is all over this show. Um I mean, to be fair, Thanos is too. You could you could honestly yeah. say Thanos is all over like half these things. Yeah. His 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 ashes spread across the multiverse. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Um I, I appreciate them going down this uh down this road, um, because it almost feels like Nat's still a part of everything and, and it's 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 pretty pretty cool. Um but one of the last one of the last lines we get from Clinton here is very, very good. He's like, you know, I miss you um, and I'm so sorry for what I'm about to do. And then he kind of puts his hood up and he walks away. Um, I couldn't tell at first what he was referring to. Um, I thought maybe that he did know who Yelena was like he recognized her from the rooftop and he's like, I'm sorry, but now I got to go kill your sister. Um, but I, I, I couldn't draw, I couldn't draw any other, any other ideas from, from that line. I don't know if you thought the same thing or not. I figured he was going to put the Ronin suit back on, but I oh, didn't okay. know if he was gonna, that meant he was going to like, you know, go yeah. back to Merkin fools and whatnot. Yeah. And obviously, so that is what he ends up doing, which makes so much more sense because, that was what Nat got him out of, you know, in, right. in Endgame. She broke him out of that. And so he's like, I'm sorry, but I'm, you know, you worked very hard to get me out of that. I have to go back to it very, very quickly. Um, so I I thought that was pretty cool. It kind of rev- kind of reminded me. I mean, this this was much more dramatic, but it kind of reminded me in Falcon and Winter Soldier where Bucky has to sort of be the Winter Soldier again for that really really quick scene where they're they're, they're fighting in the bar because he has to play along with uh um oh my goodness 
Zemo. Yeah. Uh, so just a just a neat little parallel there. So now we move. Um, we're back with Kate. Um, she's in her room. She's sort of looking at all the things that are on her wall. Um, you get this really weird snapshot of like she has like this giant like poster with like all these photos like um slapped onto it. And one of the things that's slapped onto like this piece of poster board is like a brochure. And it's got a big picture of Clint on it, and below it it says hero worship. So like I did she attend some sort of hero worshiping for Clint Barton at some point? I mean, you know, I guess we we wouldn't be shocked because she's literally obsessed with him, but um I thought that was pretty funny. But what we end up getting from this scene though is she's sort of buying back in. She finally realizes she's like, hey, I'm I'm not out of this. I'm going to call Clint. She ends up calling him like eight times, fills up his entire mailbox until she can no longer leave him any more voicemails. Just um, like, you know, your first breakup, you listen, you just listen to take care <laughs> on Marvin's room came on and you said, I'm going to call you anyway and say, oh, my God, hey. could you imagine if they would have played that. Like what what would the reaction on Twitter have been like if they would have had that actually in the episode? I think they missed an opportunity. Again, Kevin, if you're listening, this is what you're missing out on is these ideas. Um references to twenty eleven albums (laughs) when when it's twenty twenty one. Because you need so much help reaching (laughs) reaching a broader audience, right? Um yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. So. So from from here on out, we go uh, to everyone's favorite moving company, Trusta Bro. Um, you get uh, that the head of the tracksuits who I don't know his name, and then like one of the uh, the the Imagine Dragons dude, the one who bought the tickets for Imagine Dragons and uh, for his girlfriend. But they're driving in their Trusta Bro moving truck. Out of nowhere, a arrow comes flying through the windshield opens up a little compartment on the side and it's got a little, like, a little scroll in there, a little rolled up piece of paper that has a message from Maya. And it basically says, Maya, meet me where you first met the Ronin tonight. Obviously from, from Clint. And come alone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> like she's going to do that. Right. Okay. But we're not Maya. <laughs> that, that was one of my favorite lines with the magic bag. We're, but we're not Maya. And the dude, yeah. the dude holding this goal is just like, Oh, they they <laughs> continue to be i think my favorite piece or my favorite ex, like uh yeah no my favorite piece of comedic relief um in in the MCU they 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 might be at the number 1 spot for me wow that's a bold claim well i'm trying to think of like who else would be um the someone that was always comedic relief uh star lord Star Lord, like Loki, maybe. Um, Thor in the past two movies. Uh, you know, Thor from Ragnarok. Not so much in no, even in Infinity War. You know, you know, you're right. Thor, that that three consecutive movie stretch for him where it was Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame. No, you're right. That that's the best. <laughs> or Rocket. That's, Rocket and Groot. I think Thor tops them. I think Thor in those three movies. That that's peak MCU comedy in my opinion. Peak. I don't know. I love in in Guardians too when he says you're a trash panda. What does that <laughs> mean? And he's like, that's better, right? Yeah, it's better. Yeah, it's not. It's worse. It's so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> 
I see. To me, I think of my favorite, and we're sidetracking here, but I, 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 I want to say this. My favorite piece of uh, comedic relief was at the end of Endgame where Thor gets on the Guardian ship and he's having that talk with Peter. Uh, and basically, uh, they're trying, Peter's like, you know, I'm in charge, right? And he's like, of course, of course, of course. And then he kind of stares at him and he's like, of course. That to me. <laughs> Oh my god, I laughed so hard. And then you get Drax who was like, you guys should fight for the for, what did he say? For the uh for, for the title of leadership or something or <laughs> something funny like that. So no, you're right. I was a little ahead of myself when I said the tracks took the number one spot, but they're up I there. Mean, they're good. They, they're rooks. They're rooks in this game. Then they're yeah, not they're gonna, brand new. And by that I mean rookies, not the chess piece. Um, I, I I think I think people I think people understood that. You would hope. But you never know. Freshman. Freshman the MCU. Yeah. So, okay, where are we? So they get the message in the arrow. Um, Clint ends up calling his wife and basically um, basically lets her know what's going on and says, like, you know, I kind of I kind of got to do what I got to do here. And she's like, well, listen. You know, you're not calling me for permission, nor do you need my permission. I'll always understand more than anyone else ever could. So they sort of talk about what's about to happen without actually bringing it up. Clint's basically telling her, like, hey, I got to put this suit on. I might have to get my hands dirty here. So we immediately go um, to, is it called the Fat Man dealership or Fat Boy dealership? No, I don't know what the name is, but it's the auto dealership that they're. Yeah, it's the auto dealership where if you remember back to the Maya uh, origin scene um, or the flashback scene, whatever you want to call it, in the beginning of episode three, um, it's where the Ronin attack took place, like basically where her dad died. Yeah. And so she's standing alone in like this used car lot and alone, not really. Um, she's got a couple of the tracksuits sort of hiding behind some cars. She's got Kazi up on the roof uh, with a, a whole ass sniper rifle, like suppressed and everything ready to go. And you get this. He's little... level 55 in Vanguard already. You know what I mean? Because he yeah. played as soon as the servers dropped. He got that double XP <laughs> from like, all those bags of Doritos that he ate and in cases of Mountain Dew that he went through. And he's got that gun ranked up all the way to level 70 crazy um and you kind of get this extended shot on kazi here um where you sort of see this figure from behind him you see the ronin sword come over to like the side of his head kazi before he really gets a chance to say anything gets knocked out yeah then um, there's like this uh these quick shots to all the other tracksuits that are behind all these cars all getting take out one by one very very quickly here um and I'm very embarrassed for what I'm about to say because this is this is this is top five dumbest thoughts I've ever had. Um, at least on this podcast, that last dude that gets taken like gets taken out where he shoots himself in the leg and then he gets dragged away and then you immediately go back to Maya. My thought was, dude, no way she didn't just hear that gun go off. I, I mean, I was like, I was yelling at my screen. I was like, bro, no way they're going to try and play this off. Like that gun right next to her. Like she didn't hear that. And I was like, oh, wait a second, idiot. She's deaf. I'm embarrassed. 
absolutely embarrassed that that thought even crossed my mind. I'm, I'm really sort of hoping that you're going to chime in here and be like, oh, no, dude, don't worry. I thought the same thing. But you're not. Yeah. it Like, as the scene was happening, I was just kind of watching. And then, like, when it shot back to her and then she lo- turned over and saw, I was like, right, because she can't hear. Oh, dude, it took me, like, after she fired. It took up until after she ran out of ammo shooting at Clint. I was like, oh, yeah, wait, she's deaf. Like, it, it went on, like, it, like stupidly long. So, um, yeah, like I said, she ends up firing off all of her rounds at Clint, um, who's in the Ronin suit. He is full Ronin at this point. First time we see him full Ronin and not a flashback sequence since since Endgame. And they sort of had the scrap. Um, I I felt that right off the bat, he wasn't trying to kill her. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really feel the same for her because for the most part, he always had the upper hand. There was a couple of moments, moments where she got the sword, but he was able to get it right back. Um, he kind of knocks her to the ground. is holding the sword to her face and he kind of takes his hood off, takes his masks off. He's like, I wanted you to see my face. And Maya's, you know, she signs to him. She's like, why? So I can, you know, look at you while you kill me. And he's like, no, just so you know that if you ever come after me or my family, it'll be the last thing you do. And like, that's a promise, basically. Um, Maya ends up in like a sneak attack, getting like knocking Clint down, getting the sword and she kind of holds the sword. Oh, no, no, no. I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Yep. A- after after he says that's the last thing that um, it's the last thing you'll do if you come after my family, he sort of goes back to that night where her dad died. Um, he basically tells her, like, listen, I was tipped off by your boss, your boss who we know is her uncle, this uncle that they keep referring to wanted your dad dead. And she wants no part in hearing any of this. And that's when she lunges at him, gets him to the ground, gets the sword. And right as she's about to lunge, an arrow comes through and knocks the sword out of her hand. And we see Kate up on the rooftop there to sort of, uh, to sort of save the day. Right. Well, so he was tipped off by her, by the boss, her, the uncle, but the, Uncle used an informant. Informant, that's, yes, that's the term that he used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So Kate and Clint walk away. Um, Clay, I, I, Kate, I call him Clate. Um, Kate ends up. I guess we're supposed to assume she called an Uber under a fake name because, like, some car comes up and says some name that isn't her, and she's like, "Yeah, that's me." And they get in this car and they drive off, and then you go. Back to Maya, who's back with Kazi, and Kazi's like, oh, my God, thank God, you're alive. Did you get him? Uh, She says, no, we got away. And Maya immediately, she's starting to piece everything together here, which was cool because this was the same moment. Us as the viewer, we're starting to piece everything together, at at least least for me personally. She's like, why weren't you there that night? Um, And Kazi the best he could come up with, I guess, was like, I don't know. I didn't get the call. And he's like, what's this about? And Maya brushes it off as nothing. He's like, are you sure? She says, yeah. But she's starting to sort of unravel everything, which for me, for me, 
my biggest thought when I saw this was you've had how long to come up with a better lie if you're Kazi than, oh, I don't know. I just didn't get a call that night. Like, how long ago? I mean, it's been at least a year, right? Two years, maybe, since since Maya's dad would have died. Some Probably like a year and a half or something like that. More than a year. Less than two years, though, right? I guess. Almost in that window. It's, it's not clear when in the Ronin um, phase this happened. You know, happened. you're right. You're right, because he was doing that for, like, a a while. Like Presumably not, like, he didn't make the suit immediately after the snap happened. Right. But, like, probably, like, a year, maybe. Six yeah. So there's, like, a three-year window where this could have possibly happened. But... What I'm saying is Kazi had a lot of time to come up with a better lie than just I didn't get a call. So when Maya would inevitably ask him that question. So we go back to this Uber that Kate and Clint are in and Kate basically lets Clint know that he's like, she's like, hey, we need to talk about that woman that was on the roof with us the other night. Um, yeah, turns out that that's Yelena. Yep. So that is Natasha's sister. And you can tell by Clint's reaction that that's the first time he's hearing it. So confirmation that he did not know who she was during that fight. Um, right, but he but he knows her, but he knew Nat had a sister. Yeah, he knew that her name was Yelena, but he didn't know that that was her on the rooftop that night. So now Clint knows. He's just, it, the reaction that I imagine most people would have, he's just like, oh, oh boy. Okay, this, this complicates things. <laughs> he's like, oh boy. So um, we break to, I guess, the following morning um, where now you you see actually you see Kate's mom at first walking down. Um, she's walking down the street. She's going somewhere, but she's being followed by Yelena and Yelena's sort of keeping her distance. Um, Eleanor at one point looks around to see if anybody's following her before she enters this this very weird building um, and she ends up entering this building. Uh, Yelena sort of approaches and uh, that's really all we get from from that little scene. So she's doing some recon on on Eleanor there. We go back the very end of this episode. We go back to Grills's apartment, and now Grills, Kate, and Clint are all sitting around um, the kitchen table, sort of talking. And Kate's phone starts going off. She's getting. You have you have something you want to bring up? Nope. I'm just waiting. Anticipating. Okay. Yeah. Um. Kate's phone starts going off. She's getting texts from an unknown number. Um, basically, these texts are letting her know they're from Yelena. Yelena says, like, hey, um, I figured out who hired me. It was your mom. Figured you deserve to know. And Kate's reaction, uh, she's very tuned in um, to to this next message that's coming through. And it's a picture message. And she slides her phone over to Clint. And she's like, who is my mom talking to in this picture? And Clint's like, oh, that's the big guy that I've been talking about. That's Kingpin. And then in like a 16 pixel format, like we're playing Minecraft over here. We get we get a picture of Kate's mom talking to none other than Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin from the Daredevil series in his classic white suit. He's got his cane. Um, they're chatting about something, but that's the confirmation that Kingpin is is back. And I let out an audible yes 
Yeah. When I saw that in this, I was like, oh, my. Yeah, I, I can't imagine anybody not having a similar reaction to that. Um, I'm not even the biggest fan necessarily of the Daredevil Netflix series, but this is this is still really, really big. Um, the they're, they're going to have so many more possibilities with Kingpin now being MCU canon than they would have with that Netflix show. I am a huge fan of the Daredevil Netflix show, so <laughs> I, I was ex- yes, I was ecstatic about this and uh, super surprised. Didn't think it was actually going to happen. So glad it's Vincent D'Onofrio, too. Yeah. I don't know if you watched the credits. Yeah, they but, credited him. Well, and at the end of the credits, mm-hmm. Hawkeye is, you know, comes up in New York City, and as it backs out, you see the Kingpin's outline around yeah, it. I and saw Vincent that. And Vincent D'Onofrio tweeted a picture of it. I'm, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that we get him in the sixth episode and it's not just this picture throughout the entire series. I have to imagine we will, right? I really, really hope. And maybe just maybe this means we get Charlie Cox's daredevil and Spider-Man. Right. So. Which we're only a couple days away from now. And I got, that's all I'm able to say about Spider-Man or else I'm going to go off on a tangent about how excited I am. No, but you're totally right. So it, it's it's funny because we've talked about this on the podcast already before, right? How they how Kevin Feige has confirmed a lot of those people from the series already as yeah. coming back to the MCU. Basically, it was everybody but Vincent D'Onofrio. And now we know why he refrained from, from bringing that up. Because, like, you know, could you imagine if he would have said that halfway through this show? They're like, oh, by the way, Vincent Arthur is coming back as 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 Kingpin at some point. Um, right. It would have kind of been a little anticlimactic well, when we finally got to see him. I don't know who all he's confirmed other than Charlie Cox. Um, There was a couple others, I believe. And it's been forever since I've watched the show. But I think he is, is her name Paige. Deborah, Deborah Wall is as Karen Page. Karen Page, I believe, is confirmed back. Vincent D'Onofrio had, like, retweeted something on Twitter, like, last week, basically, like, congratulating everybody who was announced as coming back. Um, So if you're able to find that tweet, I believe he he actually retweets it, and you can see exactly who was confirmed by Kevin Feige as to, as to who's coming back. Yeah. Um, But episode five. Uh, did not disappoint. Um, would you consider this the best episode? Yes. Yeah. I mean, for the hot, for the kingpin alone. Yeah. I mean, kingpin. It's the he's the kingpin. I don't know what to tell you. So, one thing I want to talk about, and I had to make a note of this because one of the things you and I have been sort of going back and forth on is like, you know, is Kate's mom. You know, good guy, bad guy. We couldn't figure it out. I think we're pretty much confirmed bad guy, right? She hired well, Yelena. She hired Yelena to kill Clint, and she's working with the Kingpin. Bad now, guy. What do As you Billy think? Billy Eilish would say. <laughs> what What do you think of Jack? 
uh, pawn. Yeah, I I think he's being framed. I don't think Jack's a bad guy anymore. Yeah. I think he was genuine in that scene where he's getting arrested saying like, oh, this is a big misunderstanding. Like, you know, obviously I'm being framed here. Like I would I haven't worked a day in my life. Like I I believed that. Now, we'll we'll see next uh, next episode. Um, but this is well, what I want. He took the Ronin sword, though. OK, so. I but he's a sword collector. You got, we got to remember that from the first episode, he all those swords that were in Kate's mom's place. The first time Kate came back from college, those were all of Jack. So maybe he was just trying to get his hands on this sword because he collects them. Yeah, but it's still an illegal auction. True. But I mean, listen, that's that's a petty offense that we're talking about here. Yeah, well, I'm not saying he's so I think he's a criminal, but I don't think he's. I don't know how to say this. Well, he's um, no more criminal than Clint. Eh, he didn't save the world. I mean, Clint murdered a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very true. I'm not necessarily on Clint's side here, but you're right. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Something's going on. Well, and now the question get now the question needs to be asked is if you believe that Jack is not this, you know, an antagonist like we were basically you know made to believe who killed armand the third yeah that's my other thing yeah that's my other thing i think he is still a player in this okay okay yeah it could very well be that they're both in on this but and they're both in on it and that that elaborate uh, or that scene where he's getting arrested was just an act by the both of them. They're like, listen, we got to do this. We both got to play along here. So who knows? You know, we'll hopefully get our answers next week. But, um, man, this is just so exciting because this – with Vincent D'Onofrio back, I think about all these projects that he could now be in. You know, now that we have this announced Echo series coming up, and while we don't know for sure – um, but I, I think it's sort of safe to say that we're sort of leaning on Maya, you know, maybe switching sides here um, at some point in episode six. She's going to get to the bottom, we think, of what happened with her uncle and uh, how her dad died. So we might get Kingpin in the Echo series. We might get Kingpin in She-Hulk. You know what? Now with the news of three more Tom Holland Spider-Man movies after this. We might get Kingpin in a Spider-Man in a live action Spider-Man movie. Um, this is also exciting. And uh, Charlie Cox has already confirmed being back. And we've talked about this before, but they have the the possibility to do some sort, whether it's a, a Disney Plus series or a movie in itself. But to go down the Daredevil and Spider-Man comic series, which I if I think if I could ask of them to do to take one comic series and bring it to live action that that's near the top of my list. So this is just really exciting. I, I know that I was saying that like, I thought this was going to happen, but it didn't take away from that reveal. I was like, Holy crap. I can't believe they actually did it. Yeah. I definitely think we might get him now in she Hulk. It just makes too much sense. She's a lawyer. Mm. Her being lawyer vigilant, like that would just be, it just makes too much sense. And I mean, could we get both Charlie Cox um, 
and Vincent D'Onofrio in Definitely. She-Hulk. Yeah. Oh, man, and Ruffalo, dude. Oh, my God. Th- that She-Hulk has ascended up of my up my 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 hype list on what I'm most excited for next year because of you know this these new pieces of information that we got. So now I'm I'm really really excited about that. Um anything else about episode 5 you want to go over? I don't think so. Ooh. Yeah, so we plan on this being a pretty short episode. I mean, we're we're at like 52 minutes right now. Um so I, I feel pretty safe to just ending it here. You cool with that? Yeah. Um, very excited for this finale. Now I'm really excited to see where this goes. Yeah. Um, this potentially, this has potential to be one of the best weeks for, you know, if you're an MCU fan um, that is getting the chance to see Spider-Man this weekend. Um, one thing I do want to say before we sign off, did did you get a chance to, Check Rotten Tomatoes about Spider-Man yet? I haven't checked, but I heard most of the reviews are good. Do you mind me telling you what the score is? Sure. Uh, it's at like 97% right now, and it's like close to 100 reviews. Um, so this is this is all good stuff. And I'm going to be seeing it on Friday night. I think you said you're going to try and see it, what, Saturday or Sunday? Friday night. Now oh, you're, too. you're seeing it Friday I'm night? Set- I have to set an alarm because I'm getting my flu shot Friday afternoon. So I'm probably going to just get my flu shot and then just drive to the nearest theater and see it. Okay. Okay. Well, um, we'll be back next week with that episode where we'll do our best to break down that movie. Um, Saw this tweet that said, high key, more excited for Spider-Man than I am for Christmas. And I'm not going to lie. I I see everything that you favorite, and I'm not complaining by any means because your favorites, there's some heat on there. <laughs> like, it's pretty good. Listen, I'm an entertaining follow. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but the algorithm is working. It knows that I want to see what you're favoriting. So I appreciate Twitter for that. So um, we'll be back next week. Have we decided if we're going to do Hawkeye episode six and Spider-Man in the same episode? Or do you want to try and do two episodes next week? Do you want to try and record a Spider-Man episode on Sunday night or Monday night and uh, do it that or Tuesday and drop it like day of something like that? We'll we'll wait for that. Yeah, because we're going to have a lot of thoughts, I imagine, on the movie itself and the finale of Hawkeye. So we'll probably break those up into two different episodes, but you you never know with us. So. Um, with that being said, thank you to everyone who um, who has listened. We hope you're enjoying this Hawkeye series as much as we are. We're very, very excited for the finale next week, next Wednesday. Um, if you haven't already, you know, make sure you follow us on whatever you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, doesn't matter. Um, if you would like, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Mind Popcorn. You can follow us on TikTok at Mind Your Popcorn, where we sort of share um, just general movie and, and, and TV news and, and what's what's breaking and what's hip out there these days over on the Gen Z app. So with that being said, we're going to sign off. Um, are the next time you'll hear us, we will have watched Spider-Man and I imagine we will have some thoughts. Yeah, I just have thoughts all the time. Like my thought that I just occurred to me, Gen Z, what comes next? 
Gen, are we going Greek letters? We going Gen Delta? We going Gen Omicron? Is the next generation <laughs> Generation Omicron? They have about a decade to figure that out, I think. We're we're very new into this. We're only like five years into Gen Z, aren't we? Yeah, but that means whatever the next generation has already been born. Yeah, it's going to be that, interesting. What are five-year-olds into right now that's going to influence all of their decisions for the foresee? Like, what's their Shrek? You know, what's their – for? oh, God. They're <laughs> – it might be done. Um, uh, the Croods too. Oh, you know what? It might be. You oh, know what? I'll, I'll have to save some talk for for other future podcasts. Well, okay. I, we're going off a tangent at the end here. We're we're gonna have a, a a little bit of a of a lull period at the beginning of next year where we have a whole list of ideas of what we're gonna fill that time with. So we will be the we will have a brainstorming session on what the next generation should be called. I'm sure, but. Um, with that being said, we're going to sign off here. So, again, um, hope you all have a great day. Um, and if you're going to see Spider-Man this weekend, um, have fun. And our next episode, we will be doing that review. So we will talk to you all next time.